Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Uh, we've been talking about a sermon, well, a, a, a topic called God is always ready to act. If we are bold enough to ask. And I've been enjoying this sermon series. I don't know about you. Um, how many of you have been following this? I know some of you are new here this morning. Um, but you'll see, if you go to our website, klcstalamos.ca, all our sermons on, is on there for free. So you can go and listen to all the last year or since we started to all our sermons. Um, it's free. It's there for you to go and listen. The Scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So when you listen and listen and listen, the Scripture falls into our hearts. Sometimes it needs to fall that that 13 or 15 centimeters from our head to our heart so that we can actually start living the Word of God. Now, we've been, we've been talking about this sermon series called God is Always Ready to Act. How many of us want God to act in our lives? Come on, I, I want God to act in my life. When I pray, when I do things, we need Him to act in our lives. Otherwise, we have a dead God we think we're praying to. No, we have a live God who's alive and, and He's powerful. Now, I really trust God. He's been changing our hearts as we're going through this sermon series. And not just changing your heart, but changing the way you pray and knowing that we pray from a place of authority. Not just praying uh, a, a Sunday prayer. <laughs> praying a powerful prayer with authority. And that's what we've been looking at. Now, our core scripture for this series is Joshua 10, verse, verse 12 to 14. I'll, I'll go there now. But in the first message, I'm going to give you a quick recap. This is the third one of three and the first message, I looked at Joshua in the midst of a massive battle. And, and there's been so many sermons about this, and, and you can go back and listen to it again. But Joshua was in the midst of a massive battle. And, and there's a long story to it, so go and listen to the first sermon. But in the midst of the battle, blood flying, I mean, I mean it's, it's hectic. He stops and he prays a powerful prayer. And that powerful prayer made the whole earth and solar system came to, to still roll still stopped. It, it, it just stopped literally for a full day. Time stopped. One of the greatest miracles of the Old Testament, I think. Now let's look at it quickly. J Joshua 10 verse 14 says the following. It says, there has never been a day like this before or since. Never. Never been a day like this before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Isn't that amazing? God listened to Joshua in that moment where he had a fervent, faithful prayer, and the earth stopped for a day. Think about that. Not just the earth, the whole solar system. Everything stopped. Now, if you look at this powerful story, so many and so many others in the Scriptures, we cannot doubt that God is in it with every battle we have in our lives. God is in it. We are not alone. God is fighting with us. Now, in the second message, we looked at the power of truly connecting with God and, and almost for sake like catching His ear. Have you ever prayed and thought, Lord, I, I just hope you hear me today. This is, I mean, this is serious, Father. You need to hear me today. Have you ever felt like that? I felt like that many times, <laughs> many times. But see, God wants to touch other lives through our lives. He wants to touch other lives through our lives. And sometimes He wants us to proclaim that publicly so that when the miracle comes, people's lives are touched. When I sat in friend circles and had coffee with friends, I said, man, we've got this need. We trust in God for this miracle. 
And then a week after the miracle comes through, it touches all my friends' lives of the faith that we stood in. And it happens so many times. And, and then we celebrate together for God's goodness. Isn't that amazing? You see, when we truly, you see, situations around us doesn't change because of what we do. Do you remember that last week or two weeks back? Situations around us doesn't change because what we do. It changes because who we are in Him. In Him. And I, I mean, that's a scripture that I want to I wanna really dive in and study. What does it mean to be in Christ? The word says that we are the righteousness of Christ, uh, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's so much in that. You see, when we truly know who we are in Christ, in Christ, then when we speak the word and pray the word, powerful things happen. When you truly know that you are in Christ. See, it has been God's plan from the start to use normal people like us. I'm not special. I mean, none of us. But God specializes in using normal people. Normal people. He loves that. The creation. Now, it was God's plan from the start to use us. To pray and to speak and to see great things happen. And if you ask why, why? Because every time a miracle happened in our hands... God is glorified. He's glorified. He loves to be glorified through our lives. And that's amazing. Now, the biggest issue in the body of Christ, unfortunately, in the last century, if I sit with people, I've been in ministry for almost 20 years, and, and every discussion, I work with young people a lot, and, and, and all, all ages, and every time I speak to them and I said, you know what, God wants to use you, then so many times I get a place where people's like, whoa, whoa, no, I, I just want to step back. Not, I'm not ready. And people struggle with thoughts like, I don't meet God's or the church's requirements. I don't think I'm ready. Or maybe you say, I still, I still have too many mistakes in my life that nobody knows. I don't want anybody to find it. I'm not ready for God to use me. Or maybe, maybe there's a thing, I need to grow still as a Christian a bit. Does that sound familiar? I remember when I was a, a student and one of my connect group leaders or cell group leaders came to me and said, Any, you're going to take my connect group. You're going to take it, I'm leaving. And I said, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm not spiritual enough yet. <laughs> I said, I don't care. I'm leaving next week. You're taking it. And in two weeks in, I realized, oh, I can actually do this. It's not that bad. But see, the thoughts that we struggle with in our lives that actually brings doubt in our life hold us back to what God wants to do in your life. Does it sound familiar? You see, through the years, I spoke to so many people, old and young, and, and every time I speak to them, I almost hear their thoughts that says, it's impossible for me. It's impossible for me for God to use me. Or maybe they say he only uses special people. You know, special people that knows their scriptures and, 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 and people that's spiritual enough to lead. Does it sound familiar? Or maybe he says God only uses people that praise a lot and read their Bible a lot, you know. And it's all things that people think about and they doubt that if they are qualified for God to use them. You see, we all go through that thoughts in our lives. Because we all struggle with stuff in our lives that think, oh, he disqualifies me for God to use me. But it's actually what I want to talk to about today. Today I want to I finish this series by looking at how God used normal people like us. He used normal people like us to do his work and to see great miracles. If, you've, if, you, if, if you are stirred by a miracle that happened around you, I'll send a, a message through this week. Uh, um, one of our pastors in Strand prayed for a woman over Zoom in India this week. 
And she was bleeding from her everywhere. It's almost like the lady with the issue of blood. For well, 15 or 18 years, she was literally in the hospital. No hospital, no doctor wanted to help her anymore. A Christian pastor walked in, one of our associates, or, or we we um, collaborating with them in India, walked in, prayed for her, and in the moment he said, Jesus, immediately she was healed. And when I hear things like that, I realize that when the, when the world gives up on you, God never does. And God wants to use us to be his hands and feet. And you don't have to be special. You just need to be where you are at every day and give God an opportunity to work through your life. Now, our scripture this morning, I'm going to speak about the prophet Elijah. Now, I spoke to you about this last week, December, and it was part of my New Year's message. But, but I really felt that I needed to speak about this again, and it's going to be a bit different. But I want to take something out this morning that I know is going to bless us this morning as we're finishing this series. Now, in James 5, 17 and 18, it says the following, Elijah was a human as we are. He was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that rain would, not f- would fall, oh, sorry, that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky set, sent down rain, and the earth began to yield his crop. Now, this is amazing. Don't you feel when you look at that scripture that God is speaking directly to you? Elijah was a human being just like you. And he prayed earnestly and a miracle happened. A mighty miracle. Now, listen to this in the Passion Translation. I like this. Elijah was a man with human frailties just like us. <laughs> How many of you feel that you've got a few frailties? I mean, I've got a few of those. But I feel human, you know. But he prayed and received supernatural answers. I mean, I need some supernatural answers now. If you're running a business, if you, if, I mean, if you're a father, a mother, whatever situation, I need God to sometimes come in with supernatural answers in my life. I don't know about you. I need that. And that's exactly what happened to, to, to Elijah. You see, God is, is coming and he said, said Stephen, I want to use you. Keith, I want to use you. Vimpy, I want to use you. God comes and he says, I want to use you. No matter if you feel normal or not, special, God wants to use us in our lives. See, we just need to believe in God's plan and his promise in his word for us. Because his word is full of promises, as you remember in, in Sermon 1. So what happened here? Let's quickly look at this story. I love this story. I really love this story. Elijah prayed earnestly. Now the scripture says it. Let's go back. One, it says, Elijah, Elijah prayed earnestly. Now this wasn't just a Sunday afternoon prayerless. I mean, just prayed and ach, you know, just as I'm driving. No, no. This was an earnest prayer. This was an earnest prayer. It wasn't just a normal little prayer. It was an earnest prayer to get God's attention. Now the word earnestly means serious and determined. Serious and determined. And he was serious. He was determined to get. And it, the second one, it says, showing or expressing a deep sincerity or, um, or feeling. Isn't that amazing? This was not just a normal prayer. This was a serious prayer that he made. You see, this was not just a casual prayer. He was serious. He was determined. He was, in, he was sincere. And he was praying in faith. He was praying in faith to get results and to see results and to trust God. Now, the whole earth, because of this prayer, the whole earth was impacted in that one prayer. Just let that sink in quickly. 
in one prayer, earnest prayer, where Elijah came and he prayed earnestly that there would not be any rain. I believe that there wasn't just rain in that country. I believe it was a, a worldwide drought because of one man's prayer. One man's prayer. I mean, there's no proof that it was worldwide. I just believe that the, his prayer was so earnest and so faith, full of faith that it had an impact worldwide. You see, Elijah was a person just like we are, yet he saw supernatural results when he prayed. Now in verse 18, if you go one verse on, we see that he prayed again after three and a half years. He prayed again after three and a half years, and the rain came back. And he was even as bold, and you'll see later, it's like, by my word, the rain will come back. Only by my word. How much faith and boldness do you have to have to say something like that? You see, just like Joshua, in our first sermon, we see again that this was an incredible miracle. Now, the Western Cape went through a drought. It wasn't fun. I mean, flushing your toilet with, an, with a bucket. I mean, that, I mean, please, Lord, never again. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. Not, I mean, shower, running in and out of the shower. I mean, it is not fun. These guys had no rain for three and a half years. They lived by their crops. I mean, this was their livelihood gone. That was a serious matter and a serious miracle worldwide. But let's look at this a little bit deeper. Is that okay? Let's look at this amazing story a little bit deeper. When, now, Elijah wasn't something, some, someone special. He wasn't someone special with a strong prophetic gift and well, maybe I should ask, wasn't he something, someone special with a strong prophetic gift? Because we read about Elijah as the strong prophet. But yet the word says something different. The word says he was just a man from Tishbe and Gilead. It never says, and this is the great Elijah prophet of the nations. He didn't say that. Elijah was a normal man just like us. And the first time the Bible spoke about Elijah, he walked into the king's chambers, into the palace. And we read this. It says the following. There we go. Now it says the following. It says, Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab. Now he walked into the king's chamber and he spoke to the king. He said, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve... There will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. I mean, that's bold. Come on. <laughs> he walks in. But let's look at the severity of this moment. Now, this was not just a normal little motivational message he went and gave the king. King, you'll be fine and you'll blessed and blessed you will come in and blessed you will go out. No, no, he said, because you are unrighteous, there will not be rain in this, in this nation. Now in the previous chapter, we see in the previous, this is 1 Kings, 1 Kings 17, 1 Kings 16, we read the following, that King Abab married a woman called Jezebel, which was almost the devil herself, literally. Now King Jezebel, what she did is, when she came in, she took all the prophets of God, she killed all of them, and she set 450 Baal prophets up, and let her king Ahab, her husband, start worshipping Baal. He bowed down to Baal. He started worshiping Baal. And, and what he also did is he sacrificed his sons and used their remains in the foundation of the gate of the city. As evil as you can think. This guy was up there evil. Now think about it. 
Here is an evil king who just married the devil, <laughs> and she asked him to kill God's prophets. Do, do, you, do you see the, this? There is no prophet of God left, and here comes Elijah. Hey, man. And he walks into the chamber, into the palace of God. The prophet was just killed, and he walks in there. Now, if you told God, if God tells you to walk into that palace and prophesy, <laughs> amen. I mean, that's a different story. The prophets was just killed. Everyone was wiped out. There's no prophet of God left. And here God's Elijah comes and walks into the chamber, into the palace of the, the king with Jezebel next to him and said, this is what's going to happen. There will not be rain in this country or in this world. What? I mean, this is amazing. Now, now, to make it worse, <laughs> he didn't give them a great motivational speed, speech. He gave them what God is saying. Now, if we read through the chapters of 1 Kings, if you go through 1 Kings, you never see God speaking to Elijah to go and do that. Never. There's not the decree from God that says, Elijah, go and speak to the king and say this. No, Elijah went by himself because of the unrighteousness of the king. Why? Now, there was a prophetic punishment declared over Israel in the prophecies. And if you go to Deuteronomy, if you can help me, if you go to Deuteronomy, um, one back, one back, one back. <laughs> there we go. Deuteronomy 11, 16, 7. Listen to the decree and the prophetic word that Israel had years and years ago. It says the following. Be careful. Don't let your heart be deceived that you turn away from the Lord and serve and worship other gods. If you do, the Lord's anger will burn against you. He will shut up the sky and hold back the rain, and the ground will fall to produce its harvests, will fail to produce its harvest. Then you will quickly die in that good land the Lord is giving you. That was a prophetic declaration over Israel years and years and years and years back. And because of Elijah's passion for the word and his passion for God, he walked up to the king and said, because of that prophetic word, this will happen. You see, Elijah was just pronouncing what God's word said would happen. He just said, hey, that's what God's word said. You need to be careful. This is what's going to happen. But the boldness of Elijah... You see, Elijah walked into the most dangerous place for any prophet of God and declared the boldly that because of this king's sin, the rain will stop. Now, not just that, not just that. He said, it will only rain when I say so. <laughs> Man, I love his boldness. Isn't that amazing? Now, think about that quickly. When you walk into a palace of office, prophet's just been killed. You walk in and you tell him, not a nice uplifting word like that and said, it will only rain when I tell you and you walk out. What do you think the king will want to do with you? I, I killed 500 prophets. One is just like a fly on the wall. See, this was the bravest thing ever. The bravest thing ever of a, norm, a normal person, a normal guy who was just passionate about God's word and God's presence. So I believe it was the passion for God's word and the promises for them as a nation that made this powerful. Now Elijah proved two things. With this act that he had, he proved two things. Number one, he proved that the power of God's word, uh, sorry, he proved the power of God's word when we proclaim it over a situation. Have you had a situation that you feel that's very tough and you start proclaiming God's word over that situation? What do you, I just pray God's word. 
over that. And things start shifting. Elijah believed that the word, God's word and prophecies were so powerful years and years back that he could walk into a chamber of a king who just killed all his brothers. And he proclaimed that said, because of your unrighteousness, this will happen. And on my word, it will come back. I mean, that, that, is, that is up there brave. Now see, God's word is full of promises. And the word says, his word will not return void. That means when God's word is spoken, it cannot return empty. So when we speak God's word, when we proclaim it, when we pray God's word over our life situations, things need to shift. Because we believe in a living word, not a dying word, not an Old Testament, a living word, all of it. I see, when we, when we start praying differently, we will start seeing different results. Now, I think God loved Elijah's faith, don't you? He just loved this man. He never said anything. And because of Elijah's passion and faith, he just walked into that chamber. <laughs> and he just boldly declared. And God says, man, I love that faith. I love that faith. Now, secondly, Elijah said something amazing in Scripture. And I want us to not miss this. He says, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve. Now, just go to the next verse quickly. Uh, we need a new battery. Maybe I'm, I'm closer. There we go. Those are there. Okay. It says, as surely as the Lord, lived, the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve. But in the New King James, it says, the God before whom I'm standing. The God before who I'm standing. I love that because Elijah was a normal man, but what made him stand before a king? Saying something brave like that. Why? Because he stood face to face with God. He stood face to face with God. He was in God's presence. Elijah knew God's presence. And that made him bold enough full of faith to walk into a situation like that. See, we need to remember that Elijah was in the Old Testament. He didn't have the Holy Spirit, like us, but yet he knew the presence of God. He knew the presence of God. Now for me, <laughs> it's just a reminder that a little title, a title before our name, does nothing before God. To be honest, I can be pastor so-and-so, but it changes nothing but who I am in God's presence. It's just my function on earth. And everything goes that, do I really know him? I can be evangelist, pastor, super, I mean, CEO, whatever you are, if you don't know God's presence, forget about the title, because it's an earthly title. Elijah had a spiritual title before God that loves his presence. And he challenges me every day of my life to know that, Henny, you are just a pastor here, but do you know God? Can you sit in his presence and love him? Be face to face with Him. See, that changes your prayer. That will change our prayer. You see, Elijah was in God's presence, and that's why he knew God's heart towards the king. That's why he knew it. See, we need to be in God's presence daily so that we could constantly know God's plan for our lives. And if you don't know God's plan for your life, just get into His presence. Just put a song on and just sit there and and. and Experience his rest. When I feel depressed and tired, I make a point to seek his presence. I've got the song that, that, that I always go to. 
and is this song that speak to me and when i put that song on and and within two minutes i can feel how his presence revived me and and i don't have to do anything i just sit at my desk and i just experience him it's not a special skill <laughs> it's just a place of longing it's longing to have more of him now it's in god's presence that we receive the fire and the boldness to take on anything no matter how tough things are. Now we ask again, how did Elijah do this brave thing? He was in the presence of God. He knew God's presence. He was face to face with the Father. See, Elijah had so much of God's word and his presence in him that he knew without a doubt that God will speak through him and that a miracle will happen when he used the word. When he said, listen, according to the word of God that has got power, I can decree and proclaim this to the king that just killed all my friends. But I've got boldness and faith because of God's word and the presence. <laughs> I love that. You see, just like Elijah, God wants to partner with us. He wants to partner with you. He wants to partner with us so that we can do his work on earth. Now, does it mean, Henny, I need to leave everything and go into ministry? No. You just need to do, do whatever God has called you to do, but trust him that he can work through your life into other lives and into the situation you're in to do great things. Does it make sense? You see, our focus should be to seek His presence and keep the Word close to our hearts. And then be obedient when He says, go, do, bless that person. So many times where I walked over and I saw someone and God just said, why don't you go over and just give him something? I said, Lord, I don't have anything. I said, I didn't talk about money. <laughs> just give him a word of encouragement, a hug something and it was in the right time in the right place so many times me and salumi will think about people and then we will sms them text them and send them a message and said listen you are my heart i'm thinking about you how are you doing can i pray for you and i said man you couldn't text in the right time i'm going through tough things why because we focused on lord what do you want to do with us today and god wants to use us daily now, in the next chapter, in Kings, 1 Kings 18, we see the following. Let's just finish this quickly. In 1 Kings 18, verse 36, oh, sorry, I, I skipped the first, the first uh, scripture. Sorry, it says, before we go to the next one, it says, in the first verse of, King, uh, of verse 18, uh, sorry, 1 Kings 18, verse 1, I forgot to put it on there. It says, later on in the third year of the drought, now three years has gone by, third year of the drought, the Lord spoke to Elijah. The Lord spoke to Elijah and he said, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. Now, let's just, let's just think about this story. For three years, Elijah has been running from a king who wants to kill him. Because by his word, the rain will come back. And then God comes to Elijah and says, I want you to go back. And tell the king that the rain is coming. <laughs> Now, I want you to realize, Elijah walked into that palace, gave a prophecy to a king. Everyone was looking for him. Don't think an evil king like that had a lot of warriors. He said, go and find Elijah. And if you read the story, God, he went away. The ravens fed him. I mean, it was amazing. And then God said, suddenly, go back. Go back. Now, God said to him, go back to the king and tell him the rain is coming. And without any doubt, any doubt, he went back. Isn't that amazing? He was speaking to the situation. Then he trusted God and waited upon God. And when God spoke, he acted immediately. 
Isn't that a powerful, powerful way to, to act when God speaks? So then we need to, to, to know the story of the bold prophets. So what happened? Elijah went back. He said to the king, the rain is coming back, but you and all your bold prophets meet me on the top of Carmel Mountain, on the top. And then we all know the story of the competition of whose who's God is the real God. And they, I mean, they, the two oxen, and he said, you pick oxen, and you have a sacrifice, and I'll do my sacrifice. Yeah, and we all know the story. They were cutting themselves and running. He was mocking them. And he's like, hey, maybe your God is at the toilet. Literally, that's what he said. Shout, shout louder. <laughs> and, and nothing happened. And then, and then the great thing happened. Before Elijah's sacrifice, before he sacrificed, now everything has happened. These guys went berserk. I mean, nothing happened. He stepped up. And he prayed aloud before everyone. Remember what Joshua did? Joshua prayed aloud in front of the whole nation. And listen to what, jo- what Elijah said here. He said, At the usual time of offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed aloud. Everyone heard him. He said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God. Prove today that you are God. Sorry, you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know you. Isn't that amazing? O Lord, sorry, O Lord. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you are Lord. Oh God, that you have brought them back to yourself. It's such a powerful place. You see, after this mighty act, after this mighty act, God came and with fire down, he slurped up all the water. He, I mean, it was incredible sight. Incredible sight. Everyone fell to their knees for God's goodness and greatness. And they realized God is the true God. Then Elijah turned to the king <laughs> and he said the following in verse four, So actually, Verse 38, 39, and 40 says, Elijah said to all the people, take all the bold prophets to that valley. And he went and he killed every one of them. It's quite graphic. And then he came back to the king. And he said, then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah, look what he did. Elijah climbed the top of Carmel Mountain, and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Now, this is very significant. Just stop here. This is what happened. A mighty victory has just happened. The whole nation of that king turned back to God. They killed all the bold prophets. And Elijah said, okay, king, you go have a snack. I'm going to go up to mountain and pray. And I thought, why do you want to go and pray? God just gave the victory. The rain's coming. Why? I mean, you should have prayed before that. But see, after this victory, Elijah and his servant climbed that mountain for a reason. They climbed it to pray. Now again, it doesn't make sense. Why does he separate himself? Why now? But God already gave the promise. But Elijah knew that the fight in the spirit was just as real as the fight in the flesh, in the real fight. So the fight in the spirit wasn't done yet. So how many of us know that we pray for that promise and we, we get that promise, and Lord, you have a promise, now we're just waiting for the breakthrough. Oh, we're waiting. God gave the promise. So amazing. 
<laughs> How many times do we receive that promise and, and we just wait? Um, it's going to happen. But we never pray through it. We never pray it through. You never go into your inner room and you pray that thing through. Pray and trust God, Lord, till I see the breakthrough. I know the victory. I know the promise is there, but I'm going to pray this through. Now Elijah sent his servant seven times to go and look. He prayed with his face between his knees, earnestly, earnestly. He prayed with his knees. And he sent his servants, go, go look if you see rain coming. And he come back and nothing. Seven times. Now I love this. When he saw a little piece of cloud as, as big as his fist, he came back and said, there's a cloud as it. Immediately, Elijah took action. Immediately, he did something. He stood up and he left. You see, sometimes we look and we wait for, for breakthrough and we don't see it, but we don't pray it through. But as we pray through and we see that first sign of breakthrough, we act on God's promise. How many times do we have given up before we saw breakthrough in our lives? Man, my hand is up. I think if I could put two hands up, I'd put two hands up. I've been moaning rather than it's like, Lord has been giving this promise for years and years. I've never seen the breakthrough. And then God's like, Henny, have you prayed it through? Have you prayed about this promise? And see, that's where I think most of us miss it, that we say, Lord, I want to see supernatural answers and miracles in my life. I know you've given the promise in my life, but I've never seen it. When, Lord, when? And God says, why don't you just pray earnestly for this thing to happen? Pray earnestly for this financial thing to change, for your family to change, for your, for your kids to get saved, for whatever is on your heart. How many times have we stopped believing when a breakthrough was just around the corner? Just around the corner. I, I mean, I, I don't want to think about that because I think I missed so many things. And God is so amazing, He would never miss a thing. He would just be patient with us. That I prayed and trusted God, well, trusted God for years and years and years and things, for things. And when I started praying for it, weeks, breakthrough. And I realized there is power in prayer when we pray about it, when we know our authority as sons of God, when we pray and use the word and start declaring the word over that thing, that we start seeing mighty miracles and amazing things. I want to end with a scripture in Hebrews 4, verse 16. My goodness. Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. <laughs> I love that scripture. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Isn't that powerful? You see, it really do not matter what we face in life or what circumstances we go through. God longs for us to come boldly and freely to his throne. He just wants us to come. He's like a father who wants his child in his arms. Isn't that amazing? You want your children to come and hug you. They want you to run to you and ask you for help. That's why this, uh, Paul said in Hebrews, said, I want you to come boldly to my throne of grace where there's no law. No doubt, no nothing. I just want you because there will be grace for you. So, but Lord, I can't. I'm not spiritual enough. I can't do what Elijah did. I can't do this. I can't do that. I, I'm, I, there's too much mistakes in my life. He said, just come boldly to my throne of grace where there's grace for you. 
You see, God did not disappoint Elijah or, or Joshua. He did not disappoint them. He blessed them when they prayed. Joshua and Elijah prayed publicly in front of everyone. Publicly, with faith and boldness in a God who is true to His word, who does not return His word empty. And they came boldly and they, they received the gracious God, gracious God who loves them, who cherishes them, who have a promise for them, who have a dream for their lives. I want to encourage you this morning as I end that God has a dream for all of our lives. He's got a dream for your life. No matter what you face at the moment, no matter where you are, maybe you're not in the perfect place in your life and you think, Lord, but that was my dream. Why am I here? God says, just be coming to my throne where you will receive grace. I've got a plan. Just pray that thing through. Just trust God. Whenever you doubt in a promise, just pray for that promise. I, I do that so many times when I drive my car and I feel, Lord, I, I feel inadequate as, as, as a church leader, to be honest, so many times. And then I will pray and say, Father, thank you for your grace in my life. Thank you that I am not perfect. <laughs> but thank you that you make me perfect because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you for what you've done for me, Father. But I don't have to perform for you. I just need to love you and obey you and run with what you do in my life. And as soon as I start praying that prayer in my life, immediately my emotions change. My feelings change. When I'm so offended with someone in my life that I feel, Lord, I want to kill someone at the moment. I won't, I won't really kill someone. But I just feel like it. <laughs> and I start praying for them. Have you tried that? When you're so offended... You want to break things? And you just start, Lord, I just want to pray for that person. Will you change my heart towards them? Will you give your love? Will you pour your love into my life towards them, Father, so that I will see more of you in them? Immediately, God starts changing my life and my heart. When the finances dries up, when I pray, I speak to my wallet. <laughs> I know it's weird for some people. I pick up my wallet and say, I, Lord, I thank you that you've made me prosperous. And that I will see prosperity in my life. I'm not a prosperity teacher, but I believe that you have called us to be blessed. You see, my heart starts changing when I take the word and I start speaking the word of my life. Just speak the word. And, I, and as you speak the word, you pray into the promise. You pray into that promise. And God is busy. He's at work all the time. He never rests. The word says God never slumbers or sleeps. When you're sleeping, God is working on your behalf. Isn't that amazing? When I go to bed and I pray, Father, thank you that you bless me. Tonight, as I'm, as I'm sleeping, you're already bringing breakthrough. That I know that there's been something working when I'm sleeping, when I'm alive. I mean, God is never resting. He's always busy. I want to invite you to stand with me this morning. I want to pray with us. I know there's some of you here this morning and, and maybe you, you, you've been struggling with this specific thing of, Lord, I don't know if you hear me when I pray. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come and just confirm things in your heart this morning. Just confirm it that there's a promise for your life. 
I've got a promise for you. I've got something special in your life specifically. And although the feelings and the emotions are weighing you down at the moment, it is not what my word says. My word says I've got greater plans for you than you could ever imagine, ever think, ever speak. And maybe situations or people has, has weighed you down or, or maybe spoke negative of your life or, or, or crushed your ambitions. God never do that. He's a gracious Father who loves you. I believe every morning when we wake up, the Lord stands over you and He's so excited about your life. He's excited about your life. The Father loves us. He created us for some great things. So Father, I pray for everyone here this morning. I pray that you touch their hearts this morning as we're finishing this amazing topic, Father. May we think like Joshua and Elijah and even Jesus when he called Lazarus out of the grave. May we think like that when we know, when we pray that God is in control. He's busy on our behalf and he wants to use us. No matter where we are in life, we just need to passionately pursue him. Father, I pray for every guilt and doubt in our lives to bow to Jesus. That we know that we've been called by a gracious God. <laughs> we, didn't, we were not called by a God who's counting our sins. He already counted it on the cross and settled it. But He's a gracious God who loves us and dreams about us and knows that there's big things coming in our lives. I want you just, this morning, just close your eyes. Maybe you want to put your hand in your heart and just say, Father, thank you for what you've called me to do. No matter if my life feels over or maybe I've missed things in my life or whatever has been happening in my life that I have not missed your plan for my life. I have not missed that. I believe there's some of you here this morning and I, I really sense that so prophetically that, that some of you feel that the best of my, of my life is over. I've maybe missed so many things in my life and I just need to finish it well. God says it's a lie. I want to do greater things that you could ever imagine or think in your life. I'm about to do great things in a year or two to come. I'm going to break open things that you would never, looking back after two, two years, looking back, say, Lord, I've never dreamt about even, dreamt about the great things like that. But it's time to start praying that and start trusting God. Say, Lord, thank you that you've been dreaming great things about me, that you've been, been thinking great things. And Lord, that, that I know that that breakthrough is coming. We sang that this morning. Breakthrough is coming. I believe that God is busy with a miracle. And Father, I thank you that you will touch this town through every person here. From whatever sphere they are working in, whatever they're doing, that you will touch this town through their lives. And even from this morning, that you will start showing us what you want to do, Father. We just stay in your presence and know that you are busy doing great things. Great things. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.